You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard and with me today, Nick Hampton. Hello. Hey everyone. What's doing, mate? Just more podcasts, man. We're doing so many of these in quick succession that mm. every time you ask me how you're doing, like I don't always have a flip answer, you know? Yeah, and it's getting less sincere from me every time. That's right. Yes. Uh, something else that rapidly declined was the South Sydney season in 2023. So joining us now to pick up the pieces and try to work out what the hell is going to change in 2024, Phil Lutton, welcome. Hello, gents. Thanks for having me back for my uh, once-a-year guest appearance. It's Well, twice a year uh, if we make the finals. So, yeah, last year twi- only once. Twice a year, yeah. <laughs> and um, I can confirm I've got – I reckon my red-hot take is – I've got absolutely no idea how Souths are going to go and probably less confidence than I, – I just don't know. I just don't know yeah. this year. Mm. No, I, I, and and that, that, that second half of the season last year was as putrid as every metric of it looked. Yep. And there's nothing redeeming about it at all. And I'm not interested in injuries. I'm not interested in nope. anything. It was absolutely disgusting football. Correct. And it looked like a wooden spoon team. So yeah, where, I, where do you go? I can't remember ever feeling that helpless watching them over a period of time, like even in the early 2000s, because we knew that, that those things were meant to be bad. There wasn't yeah. any sort of conflicting emotions in me. It was just like, ah, well, they're trying their best. And if we win a game every now and again, it's fine. This was, most of these blokes played in a grand final for us two years ago. What the hell is going on? In the first half of this season, we looked like the best team in the comp. And now we're getting dusted by all and sundry. It made absolutely no sense. I hope that some hard, hard lessons were learned by everyone at the club that's still there, which is pretty much everyone. There's been very little squad turnover from, from last year to this year, which could be a good thing if you if you hope that they've learned lessons from that. And it could be a bad thing if the if the rot has set in and continues to uh, rot away in 2024. You guys have kind yeah. of caught me on my heels here because normally, you know, my dear friend, my dear friend Bertrand is you know, positive about Souths to a delusional degree, right? Which is good. That's how you're meant to be about your team. Yeah, I think they were sixth last year. That's really actually. Oh, well, I was wrong. So <laughs> no, but like, but God like, but like, but like, week to week, every week you say, yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. don't see why we shouldn't win this game. Lutz, you're a confident guy, and you know your footy as well. You're always high on them too. So to hear you guys talk this way, mm. it's 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 uncomfortable. I'm not I'm not I'm not sure I, I like am it. sorry, Nick. We're not here to make you comfortable, Nick. This is this is a brave new world of <laughs> yeah. of, of digital, uh, you know, digi- digital landscape. We're, you know, it's disrupting. We're disrupting the <laughs> yeah, We're disrupting the red and green space. And yeah, yeah. speaking of said disruption, what's the mm. biggest lesson that the two of you would want this team to learn from last year? Let's you 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 go first. What's the what's the big thing that you want them to learn from that horrible slide over the back half of last season? 
probably a really boring answer, but I, I, I want them to learn the value of fundamentals again. And, and, and this is not a team. In fact, I've been critical of South for being just too much of a system team. Like they are, they have been for me too predictable. But last year, it just seemed they were incapable of completing sets, incapable of building pressure, incapable of doing all the really boring things that make really good football teams really good football teams. And it was infuriating because, in theory, that's one of the things you can fix. Like catch a ball, finish sets, chase hard. These are all, you know, in coach speak, controllables. And I think when – I'll be interested to hear what Maddie thinks, but when, when I was watching games, it felt like even that was well beyond their control. And um, just so many soft turnovers, so much soft football um, at both ends of the field. And – I just want to see South get themselves into some games at the start of the season because I just I, I, I want to know what's changed. I don't know what has changed. I want to see them. I want them to show me something has changed, but nothing will change if they can't get themselves into some mm-hmm. games of footy. So um, that's the thing I want to see better, and that was probably one of the most disappointing things because, like I said, you, you can fix that. You can fix that. It sounds reductive, but you're right, mate. And there were games last year, I think back to that Knights game, the Sharks game, um, and there was a couple of others in there as well, but like where they literally just couldn't hold the ball. Like there was a half of football where they completed, I think, 30% or something, a half, a whole half. And it's like, you're not winning football games. With, I think there was a, one of the hardest, I think they had nine sets of sets of footy or nine completed sets. Either way, that number is comically low. And it wasn't just that they were losing. It was the, it was the manner in which they were losing, but there weren't any like, close losses. There weren't any games where you thought, oh, geez, if a couple of things had gone the other way, everything would have been all right. It was just week after week of abject failure. It just looked like nobody wanted to be there. That game against the Roosters to finish the season really summed it up, I think. And, you know, you, you think you, you go back through the last 10 or so weeks of the season and South suddenly won two games in that stretch. And one of them was against the West Tigers who came last and the other one was against the Dragons who came 15. And yeah. in all those other games... They got smashed by the Roosters. They got smashed by the Knights. They got ambushed by the Sharks in Perth, which I think was the first time where I was kind of like, oh, shit. Yeah, th- this isn't great. And th- they-, they got embarrassed by the Broncos up in that game when that was supposed to be the week where, oh, they've come through the other side of this this hard period where they played the Raiders and the Dragons and the Bulldogs. And you could kind of make excuses for those games because they had so many guys not playing in each of those three losses. But that Broncos game was when they got basically everyone except Latrell Mitchell back, I think. And we kind of went, well, if these guys are fair income, then we're going to see them get back to their first half of the season form tonight. And it just didn't happen that night, if you remember. They just got they just got towed up by the Broncos that night. And they never, ever recovered at that point. They, they, they beat the Tigers, they beat the Dragons, and they got pumped by everybody else that they played. And I would love to have been inside that club, inside those walls, and to know what happened or what the factors were. I know the Sam Burgess stuff didn't help. I know that was sort of hanging like a like a dark cloud over that club. There was warring factions at play and all that shit, but none of that stuff should be such a distraction that you put in the performances that they put in over the last two months of the 2023 season. I can't remember a collapse like it. I think our dear friend Scott Bailey Campo said that it was the first time ever that a team had been first on the ladder after 10 rounds and failed to make the finals ever. And yeah. if not you great. like it's not great. And honestly, I think back to that magic round night when we played the Melbourne Storm, who we never beat, and embarrassed them. And I thought, geez, if these guys can just stay healthy, we're a red hot chance here. And I don't think anybody could have possibly expected 
what we saw basically from that point going forward for the rest of the season. It was really, really shocking stuff down the stretch. And I just hope that maybe if you guys got a bit too comfortable, this is a club that from 2018 to 2022 either made a prelim or made the grand final, came within a goal kick and ended up winning said grand final. And maybe some of those guys have got a bit too comfortable and read a bit too much of their own press about how they could be the next team to knock the Panthers off or they could be this new era of a dominant team because that's how well they were playing in the first half of the year. And honestly, for most parts of the regular season in the last few years, that they've, they've had games where they've just looked fantastic. And maybe all that caught up with them and they just thought, look, we're having a couple of rough weeks. We'll go through the motions. We'll win a couple of these games. We'll get to the finals. We'll figure it out. Mm. But uh, they just forgot to win those games. I, I wonder too, like I was so frustrated, Maddie, as a fan listening to, you know, I always sort of listen to the morning radios and the sports shows and everyone's sort of, every week they're sort of, oh, you know, South, I'll tip them. And it just seemed like, have you been watching their games? Like they, they have been playing mm. awful football. Like they, they look impotent as a football team, yeah. a team that completely lost their way. And I was sort of, after a while, I was like, you have to cut about three or four losses. You're like, well, they might bounce back. After six or seven, you're like, mate, they are really struggling and, um, it's, I've, you know, I've never been a person, when I was a journo, to sort of really highlight players that need to do this or need to do that. But the reality is, I think they've put themselves in that position now as a club where it's going to be a huge focus on individual players, mm. fair or not, that are going to have to deliver. We're going to talk about Luttrell. Um, I'd like to talk about Ilias um, because, um, again, I've got this red-hot take where I'm just not sure where he is and I'm just not sure... Uh, where he's going as a as a player, you saw in that trial game like his defense, like he's a wholehearted kid, right? His defense is fent. He great gets tackler. a try, gets a gets a dry from tackling, but I don't employ halfbacks to tackle. That's a, that's an added extra. So I just I, I don't know if it within that team, especially with White in there now and Cody Walker and Latrell, he already looked like a kid who was terrified to do anything but dig into the line. And pass, but um, I, he has to. We, we need him to play a role this year with his kicking game, with his running game. He needs to be able to think on his feet and actually take control of a game. You cannot have a seven that can't take control of a game. He's in a remarkably good position for how badly he played last year in that somehow there's still absolutely no pressure on him externally. But there aren't really any headlines being written about Lachlan Ilias and is he the future of Souths as a halfback because of Jack Whiten and Latrell Mitchell and Cody Walker. And it's remarkable to me that he could really have underachieved as much as he did, in my opinion, last year. Great defender. But um, <laughs> <laughs> and to still, have ap- to still have his seat be relatively ice cold. I mean, I think apart from me saying it, half jokingly. I don't think anyone else has sincerely advocated for Jack White to play halfback. For whatever reason, Dean Hawkins, despite winning New Wales Cup Player of the Year and, and, and looking really good in, in, the, in those games for the reserve grade team last year, despite despite all the performances, for whatever reason, they just see him as a backup. And the, the idea that, like, how's it meant to work? Because my the idea that a guy can play reserve grade for the whole year plays so well that he wins the reserve grade player of the year, not just for his team, for the entire competition. And then the other guy plays so poorly that like everyone's like, well, is this guy really a first grade halfback? The idea that those two things can happen at the same time at the same club and the guy in first grade is still under pretty much no pressure at all doesn't really make sense to me. I, it makes sense of it for me somewhat. The so uh, with 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 Ilias, 
I think what's happened with him is a little bit indicative of something that's sort of enveloped the club, I think, over the last 12 months. It's clear that Jason Dimitri really believes in Lachlan Elias. He's 100% on it, right? And you want that for your coach and your halfback. You want your coach to believe in the halfback, back the halfback, stand by him 100% and all that. But you can believe in a player and still send them back to reserve grade for a couple of weeks. You can still think he's the future and then decide to put him in New South Wales Cup to learn on the job in a, in a less high pressure environment. Look what the Roosters did last year with Sam Walker, you know, like that was a hard choice and a tough choice. And it brought a lot of uh, headlines on both Walker and the Roosters, but in the long run, he'll be better for it. And in the short run for last year, I thought he was better for it when he came into, mm-hmm. when he came back into first grade. Yeah. Great. And I think something that's really stood out to me at Souths over the last 12 months, especially is like they have absolute belief in what they're doing, but sometimes I think it goes a little bit too far. And I think that has manifested itself in a bit of a lack of accountability. And that sort of comes out in a lot of excuses being made for why they're not better. Mm. You know, it's the reason they're not better is because it's Brad Fittler's fault because he picked all these players, even though Penrith and the Broncos have as many blokes picked all the time. It's not their fault that they lost because – Brian Atkins was the ref. It's not their fault that they lost because Liam Kennedy was the ref. It's not their fault they lost because Latrell Mitchell was, was, wasn't there. And when he's back, we're just going to flick a switch and everything's going to be okay. Mm. And I think to that end, Lutz, they lost sight of what you were talking about. They lost sight of the process of winning, which is something they've been so adept in, in years past. And I think Bert, you're right too, where because they've been winning so much over the last couple of years, I know they've won a premiership, but they've been Mm. very consistently successful. They thought they just knew how to do it and they didn't think they'd have to put the steps in anymore. So to bring it right around to what I asked you in the first place, I think that's what they have to learn from last year. They have to relearn something that they already know that we've seen this iteration of this team do, you know? So that's the big thing for me. And a lot of that does start with Elias. I, I think it would be good if he didn't have a totally uncontested run to the halfback Mm. spot because with the guy, the guys that are around him, with the really strong forward pack, and with Latrell and Cody Walker and Jack Whiten, there's a ticking clock on this stuff, man. You can't keep yeah, a team like, yeah. this, like this together forever. No, I, I want to see Nick. I want to see him fight for the footy a bit. I want to see him overcall Cody. I want to see him overcall Latrell. I want to see him put his hand up and say, "No, no, this is the right play now. I want the football. I'm the halfback for this team." So Adam Reynolds was able to do that on account of him being a wonderful player and being there for many years, but. Um, the reality is when you're in that, and it is hard for halves, it, 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 we judge them harshly, but they drive teams. They just drive the team, and, and we need him to take control. My, my, my other way for Souths is I look at Penrith, I look at Brisbane, and I look at those teams, and they're so dynamic. They're full of big, fast, young, dynamic kids with amazing footwork and speed. I look at Souths. And I just don't know if I, you know, we're, we're pretty old, apart from this, we're pretty old through a lot of our mm. key positions. I just don't know if I see these kids tearing, tearing holes in defence lines. Um, I just uh, I, I just wonder if Souths are just going to be a, mid, a muddling, middling sort of team this year. Well, one of the... Terrifying prospects. I, I, take, I take your point, Lutz, and I think that's kind of what Jack Whiten's been brought there to fix. Um, He's 32. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I understand yeah. that. I understand he's not a young man, but I think he's still dynamic, fast, strong. I think they've brought him there to be that sort of player. 
it sounds like you're a little bit low on it, uh, to be honest with you, Lutz. But like, what are you guys thinking about it? What are you feeling about it? But you've joked about him playing halfback, but like, what do you guys, what do you guys think? What do you want from him? Where do you want him to play? Oh, sorry. Can I go first? Oh, sorry. I'm yeah, of course. Yeah. But look, I, I look, I like Jack White. I like he's really, a, 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 he's, he's cantankerous, aggressive, physical player. And I think the NRL is really undersold the center position for, for, for this era. So I love good centers. Like I reckon good teams have good centers. And I reckon you only need to look at state of origin. Like Queensland, you've got a couple of great, fast, like excellent centers. I can win your games of footy. I would actually love if we had a Jack White and Latrell Mitchell center combo attacking the line from either side, close to the line. That's the dream for me. I think that's I think that's that is excellent. But um, so I think Whiten is a good signing. Um, but again, it's just as you get older, I worry about longevity. I worry about whether he he, he can can play the amount of foot footy we want him to play. Um, I wonder where he fits into that sort of shift through the back line. But at his heart, he's just a ball runner. So he likes to get the ball and run and and be physical and attack. So I think he's a he's a good signing. But um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, to me, he's not a game. I mean, he's a good signing. I don't consider him to be this sort of game-changing signing, partly just because mm. he's old. I've come around on it pretty full circle since it happened. Well, not full circle because I'm a bit back where I started. I've done a 180 <laughs> basically since since it's on. I'm I'm hugely in favour of it. I think he's going to be a real problem for defences if he ends up playing left centre, which all signs seem to point to that's where he's going to end up. I think if you... Like it's strengthening a strength, right? And if yeah. you, if you can stack that side with Trell, Cody, him, and AJ finish finishing it off as well. Not to mention Keon Kalomatangi playing on the left last Saturday night on the Charity Shield and looking fantastic as well. I think that that is just such a potent thing for opposition teams to deal with. And that's not to you know that's not to sell short guys like Campbell Graham on the other side of the field as well. But I just think that if they can get all those parts moving together on that side of the field, it could be a real, real problem for everyone. It's basically impossible to defend if you've got all those guys flying at you out of shape and you don't know who's getting the ball, who's not getting the ball. It's really tough to defend. And Isaiah Tass is a good player, but I think yeah. I don't think any I don't think any I don't think any defender on earth is as scared of Isaiah Tass as they are of a, as they are of a flying Jack White. <laughs> It gives you too, Matt, that that um that really nice footwork, late footwork, and he's good near the line. Yeah. You know, like he can get a footy six or seven metres out and, and, and find a way to scramble over because he's big and strong. So Tass can't do that. So I agree no. that gives us another a and, great option. And and actually might because teams have just been teams mm. woke up to that left shift last year. Yeah. And they were up. So White is the kind of guy who can who can sorry disrupt that a bit just with his physicality. He might he might brush off that tackle. And away you go. So I think yeah, he is a exactly. Good signing, I, and the, the and the, the other thing with that is, mate. Uh, like I, I just feel like whilst Whiten has had his criticisms and rightly so over the last couple of seasons, he's a guy that's especially. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I'm not running. I'm not running on from that. But like in big games for Canberra, more often than not, he's been the guy that's that's turned up for them. He's been the guy with the big mum. He scored the try in the grand final. He's had lots of big moments in big games for them. And yeah, they will absolutely 100% be some games this year where Cody Walker loses his head and Jack Whiten loses his head and Latrell Mitchell loses his head at the same time. And it's going to be the worst 80 minutes of my life. But then if and when they make the finals and you know, you're looking at an X factor who's going to make a difference when it matters... That's when I think that the that's when I think that the signing of Jack White could really bear fruit for them in those big moments down the stretch. Could you some um, tankerous from you earlier, Lutz? 
What's that? Actually, you like that? Did, yeah, yeah, I did. I did, I, did, I, did, I did like that. Yeah, yeah look, yeah. I think Whiten's going to be a big a big success there. Like like Lutz says, he's playing in the centres. All that playmaking stuff that drove me insane at Canberra, that's not going to happen anymore. That's out the door. He's focusing on his strengths, which is running and tackling. And he's still really, really good at that stuff. And even though he is a little bit older, he's, I think, dynamic enough an athlete to still really, really make an impact at the top level. And I think a change of scenery and a new coach and a new approach will really freshen him up. I like him at center as well, but there are, and I especially like what he might be able to offer in yardage. I know you guys are more talking about him as a strike weapon and he can certainly be that, but when he's playing center for New South Wales or Australia, I actually love him out of his own end because mm. he is such a strong. Which you don't carrier. get from Trell and Ojo. Well, that's the thing. And like yardage yeah. for the back five has been a problem for Souths mm. at times the last couple of years, especially since, Dane Gagai left, so I think White helps out tremendously there. I think defensively, there's gonna maybe be some issues, not with his contact. Like he, when he hits blokes, he really hurts them. It's great, but his decision making can be a little bit poor sometimes, and it is hard to teach an old dog new tricks. But as long as they're able to sort of sort that out, then I think he's he's gonna have a, a really positive impact. I still don't know if I was at South, if I was in charge of South, if I would have chased that signing because. Mm. Maybe there's just somewhere else you could have spent that money, but um, I am expecting him to have a really big and really successful season on a personal level, at least. That's a good point you make out of yardage, um, Nick, because it, all the good teams do it now, don't they? Like you're not in, you're not in the game really unless you can you, unless you can scamper out of your own end or barge out of your own end, and that's been a problem for South. So I don't know. I mean, I go back to the trail. He's had a break. He's been injured. Does he suddenly come back? To me, he still has all the same deficiencies as a fullback that he did when he left. Like he's a he's obviously a wonderful football player, but is he busy enough? Are his defensive reads good enough? Are his kick returns good enough? Well, he barely he doesn't return kicks enough for me. I'm I'm, I'm really over Latrell catching the footy and wandering around trying to find a winger and then not touching the ball in a set of six. You know, I want I want some physicality from Latrell from the back. I want involvement. And I, I reckon they need that right from the first couple of rounds. I, I just don't. I I, yeah. I just think he he needs. He's still got lots of areas as a fullback where he I, I see his real, real weaknesses. I think that that's the biggest question mark, and we haven't really talked about him yet until these last couple of minutes. But this team goes as Latrell Mitchell goes, and I don't think he's ever going to be a James Tedesco type, putting his hands on the ball thirty-five times, throwing himself around at a million miles an hour. And I don't think we can possibly expect him to to change into a guy like that at this point, given what we've seen from him from the last couple of years. But I just do hope, and it's it's all we've got left at this point. I just hope that he can just touch just touch the ball five more times in the game, because like I don't think any player in the league impacts the game as much on a per touch basis as Latrell Mitchell does. And I understand part of that is because he picks his spots and chooses his moments of when to strike. But just get a little bit more involved, please, for the love of God. That's all I ask from him. I don't ask much more. Just touch the ball a few more times. I hope to God he's been working on his conditioning and he stays healthy this year because they can get a fit Latrell Mitchell for the full season who just gets a little bit more involved. That that takes his team from outside the top eight to a top four team. It, 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 he makes that much difference. I, I just, I'm just i still so high on him as a player when he's playing well and when he's confident and when he's getting involved. I don't think there's anyone like him. I think he's an absolute unicorn. I'm not saying he's the best player, but I'm saying that in a lot of ways he is sort of the most awe-inspiring player in the sense that, like, I can't really imagine, I can't really think of anyone off the top of my head that can change a game 
by themselves quite to the extent that he can when he feels like it. There's probably a couple of guys, Reese Walsh, Tom Tobovich, whatever. It doesn't matter. But he's right, right up there. And we just didn't get enough of that last year. Like, I know he was hurt and then he came back here. That stupid suspension that saw him miss the last game of the season because he hit a bloke in the head with three seconds left in a game that they were losing by 100 points to Newcastle. God, that was ridiculous. But if he just keeps his head on and maybe having having one of his best mates in Jack White in there and his other best mate in Cody Walker there, and this is it. Like This is the whole thing, right? I love Latrell Mitchell more than most people. He is my favorite rugby league player to watch. And I, I've made exp- <laughs> I, Yeah, he's my close personal friend. And yeah, I've made yeah. excuses for him time after time. I've, I, I, I've repeatedly told people they're wrong when they tell me that he's not a fullback. I've repeatedly told people, just wait, just wait. It's all going to work out. But you have to draw a line in the sand this year. I think they've done everything they possibly can as a rugby league club to accommodate him. No club, I think, has done as much to keep one player happy as Souths have mm-hmm. in the last couple of years with Rob Mitchell. They've signed his mate. They've they've let him play fullback. They've let him basically do whatever he wants if the stories are true when it comes to training and all that stuff. And I, I think that some, to a degree, some of that has paid off in a lot of ways. I know he's become a real leader of that club and obviously he's really well liked by his teammates and very well respected. But that has to translate to him having his best season in a red and green jumper this year. It just has to, because they've done everything they possibly can to keep this guy happy, to motivate him, to get him to want to love playing footy, as he sometimes doesn't look like he enjoys doing. And so with all of that, with all of those factors in play, if he can't fire up this year and, and be the player they need him to be, then then it's a different discussion we're having in 12 months' time. Guys, yeah, and I, how, yeah, how, yeah. How, how many games do you think Latrell Mitchell has played for Souths? It's four, like it's four, not, four seasons. Four seasons. It's like it's like how many 60, do you think it is? Right? It's like sixty or something, isn't it? It's it's sixty four. Yeah, mm. he's never played more than eighteen games in a season for them. You know, yep. and like yeah. all those things that you said about Latrell Bungard are true. He's got a presence and a unique uh, attacking quality that I don't think anyone else in the league has. And just by virtue of that presence. He's such an important leader for Souths and such an emotional barometer for them. I, I honestly, to me, for him to be successful, it's not even about just touching the ball more when he's out there. Just be out there every week. Be out there every time. Like I think playing every game or every game where he's available for selection, you know, mm. like origins, origins rounds aside or whatever, try to play every game this season. I think that's a really – good realistic goal for Latrell. And if he does that and he keeps that level of match fitness through the season, I think that'll go a long, long way to fixing a lot of the issues that you guys have both identified. You know, I, I hate talking about players conditioning and if they're fit enough and if they need to lose weight or whatever, because like, you know, on their worst day, they're better than I'm ever going to be on the best day of my entire goddamn life, mm-hmm. you know? But I do think that like when the troll came back from injury last year, he wasn't as, sharp as he needed to be you know he wasn't he, he, wasn't. he didn't he didn't look as, as 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 physically ready to 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 play and impact the game the way we've seen him do it and it stayed that way even though he you know had a few weeks to sort of get it all back together you know you're the the, the you could sum up south in one sentence and it's what Bungard said before it's where goes where where trail goes so goes souths and he's someone that i'm looking for for a really really big season man like Fully commit to, to this. Show me how good you can be. Show me the greatness that I know is in there that we see every now and then. I want to see it every week. I want to see you out there every week dominating this league. Like I know you can. Like I know mm. you can, man. 
Just show me what I know is already there. I don't think Seas can 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 hitch their wagon him as a barometer of, of how they play because but they've they, done they, this, they, they've they, done it to themselves though they've they've positioned yeah, I mean, themselves man, as... look, you know me like I, I would you know I love my wife dearly but if um Cam you know if if, if our um lock forward came and sort of asked me to move in I, you know I'd be really good <laughs> about it, so. you know like they've got some very inspiring players that work their backsides off and empty the tank for that football team they don't have to look far inspiring leaders who get it done for him week in, week out. I guess for me with Luttrell, like you, he is a wonderful, wonderful gifted foot footballer, one of the best I've seen. But the you can't take this sort of, you know, this, this stuff that's floating around in the air and retrofit it into the, um, into the requirements of a modern fullback because they are required in this version of NRL to be able to do certain things. And that is to be very busy around the ball, help get out of your own end, um, clean up. They, they're just on their toes all the time. That's what the game demands. And we, and we can't pretend that Luttrell's so good, so he doesn't have to do that. Like the game's different for him. He's got this and this, and he, and he can, you know, stop time. He can't stop time. He's got lots of assets in his game. I just still, to this day, I'm not convinced they're assets that are the best suited to him being in the number one jersey. What do you think they should do instead? Because they've like, put Jack White in there? Well, I don't know. I mean, there's no point thinking about it because that's... It's not going to happen. It, 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 that's the thing, happen. mate. Like, you, you might yeah. be right, but we're not yeah. going to find yeah. out because mate, he's not... I, I saw Jai Gray in the charity shield. Oh. He looked good. That's all you need. That's all you need. Got mate. around the park well. But the thing is, the only <laughs> thing he wasn't good at was catching the football, which, you know, is a fundamental part of playing cool. a fullback. Look, I, 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 I long for the trail to be successful, but I, I want to see him I, a bit like you, Nick. I want to see him on the field, but, mate, look, get the footy. Get the footy off a kick. Don't run around here, find Alex, John, Alex Johnson. Just fucking run hard. You're one of the biggest blokes on the field. Get out, cause some damage, get in the game. That's what I need to see from the trail. I just want him in the game a little bit more. Physically, imagine, I'm in the game imagine, physically. Imagine the trail, the trail, even if it was just once a week, does the Carmichael hunt running dead straight oh, until man. something until something stops him. Yeah. But, well, but I would go to a Souths game and then when he did that just once, I'd be like, yep, that's enough. I'm out of here. Well, I'll, see, yeah. I'll, like, I'll see you, I'll see you, I'll see you, you next week. Around that though. Like, people, like, you, you know, you can run four metres and flop over at a try. What, what is Souths, as a player, you're going to love that. You're going to love seeing your best player tear headlong into a mm. group of blokes that hate him and want to kill him. That's great. That's and that's why I felt like it. that's why I felt like Brisbane really fed off the energy that Reese Walsh was giving them last year because he was that fearless forerunner for them. And South just need a bit more that bit more of that from Latrell. Yeah, yeah. All right. We love Latrell. I think we've got it all sorted out. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I mean we've barely talked about I mean yeah. Damian Cook, Cam Murray, <laughs> Alex Johnson, all fantastic players. I haven't mentioned Campbell Graham who's going to miss half the season. That's not great. Can I uh, say yeah. something that might get you mad at me? Yeah, I thought, according to his own very high standards, Cam Murray had a pretty down year last year. Hmm. Yeah, well, I, I told you, I told you, he like it. But I thought but, he was pretty but, good. Yeah, he was pretty good. I didn't think he was Cameron Murray as we've come okay, to know. I'm, but, I'm, I don't think that's terrible. But I mean, mate, the whole the whole team was absolute bastards in the second half. Yeah, I know. So. But normally, he's such a shining light. Fortunately, I think it's an easy fix. And I've said this on like six of the shows, but I'll say it mm. again. The guys that had the long World Cup tour at the end of 22, there's a reason so many of them had down years in 23. Pre-seasons matter. Training in the summer matters. 
So to that end, I think Cam Murray's going to be absolutely out of his mind this year. I think he's yeah, going to so. have something close to not just the form of old, but I think one of the best years of his career. I think that stuff that you're talking about, Lutz, that process of finding winning again, I think that's something that he would take really personally because he's someone who is very dedicated and he is a winner in that sense. So I think he's going to have an absolutely monster season. And the well, that, that wasn't it wasn't like it was bad last year. It was like a seven out of t- six or seven mm. out of ten every yeah, week. That's fair. But I think we're getting we're getting back to the old Ken Murray. It's all going to be well, happening again. Well, was like, I was before I came on. I was remem- reminiscing about a conversation once with one, at a press conference with Wayne Bennett when he called South predictable, but then he said, oh, "I mean it in a good way." Mm. And it caused a bit of stir, a bit of a stir at the time. Yeah, because they put but... fifty on the Knights team that Bennett coached that day. <laughs> That's, That's right. why it was yeah, so I've forgotten, funny. I've forgotten about that. But um, it, it, it kind of ring. I, I, I just, I, I think for me, South looked like a football team last year that had done something really well, and it had always worked. And when it stopped working, they didn't know what to do. And the coaching start. That's a, that to me is also an indictment on the coaching. And the, and the way that team was put together and run every week. So I've got I've got I've got question marks about the flexibility and the adaptability of this football team. Do they have a plan B? Do they have a plan C? Mm. What if plan A isn't working? And I'm just not sure Dimitriou as a coach has shown me yet that he's he's tactically um, switched on enough to make those changes. I, I'm so glad. No, I'm glad you bring that up. That bring that up, Lutz, because I've been digging through the stats. I'm not a huge stats person. I think we rely on them too much sometimes, but other times I think they can be very revealing. So Souths are sixth in the league for line breaks last year, which is pretty good. That sort of tells me that there's a pretty well constructed attack there because you're not just un- you're not going to be just busting the line every time. Most line breaks come from well-constructed play that creates like a one-on-one or a quick play the ball, something like mm. that. But then they were last in offloads behind the, like uh, 172, a, a fair, fair way back from some of the, the top teams in the competition. And I think that speaks to what you're talking about, that the attack got a little bit stale. Well, not, not even stale, but like just everyone kind of knew what was coming and not everyone can stop it, but you do need to have more variety to your play. So that's something I would love to see Souths do a lot more this year. I'd love to see them offload the ball a lot more, promote the ball a lot more. And I think that they've got guys who can do it, particularly sort of in their bench forwards. Like I, I know Havili didn't play much footy last year, but he's a really strong offloader. Mm. Um, if Shaq Mitchell's going to be around as well, he's good at it too. We know Cam Murray can do it. Jai Arrow was really good at it when he was playing in the middle of the field on the edge. He sort of gets more into uh running lines and all that. And it's probably not as big a part of his game. We know Keon can do it too. Yeah. I would love to see them offload more. Use all that speed that you have in your spine. Use that speed, attack through the middle of the field of, of, of broken play. Get Damian Cook surging onto offloads. Get Cody Walker coming off his hip. Get Trell pushing up from the back as well. Promote the ball. Use your speed. Use your skill. Use all this athleticism that, you know, you have, that you have over the park. So I take your point there, Lutz, but I, I think there's a fix there. I think there's a way that they can sort it out. How am I, I higher so. on Souths than either of you? How has this hey, happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I, don't, I, I have not said that I'm low on Souths. I said that I was flabbergasted as to how last season we're just, went. We're just working through our feelings. If it's you good. think I it's have healthy. not picked, It's healthy. It's healthy. If, if you think I have not picked them in my top four, Nicholas, you've got another <laughs> thing coming. 
I'm mad. I'm like, I'm not low on them, but like, if yeah. I'm if I'm not, if I'm objective and I look at what Brisbane put together last year and the level Penrith plays at, I, yeah. I, I think there's a there's a gap. Like, there's a gap, and and I just don't. And, and how uh, I'm not quite sure what South need to do. I think they need to change something to bridge that gap. Put it this way, I don't think they can just turn up and do get up the field, uh, get up the field, and go, hey guys, let's do our trick. Let's do a shift to the left, and and we'll never see score. it coming. <laughs> They'll never see it coming. So I just and, and it's sort of a full circle convo. But I'm back to Ilias now. Like I need, we need, we need something a little bit different from from players. Um, so I just I, I hope South can show a bit of that this year. Yeah, Nick, I'd love a bit more ad lib footy. If any team in the comps built for that, really, it's South. Like they've got yeah. these fabulous. I'm hoping Jack White's craziness rubs off on everybody else. Yeah, that's what I'm you, hoping don't, you don't know what you're signing yeah. up for. You keep say, you say that to me all the time, but like you just talked about how boring and predictable they were, and you're right, no. they were. No, 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 no. There's, just, no there's no I've happy seen, middle ground. Where I've seen, <laughs> I've seen how crazy it gets with Jack Whiten. You've seen what it's done to me. I'm a yep. shell of, I'm a, I'm a wreck of a bloke. <laughs> but I'm a shell of a man, and I don't want that for you guys, man. Well, at least if he plays it, if he plays center or a back row, at least he's only on one side of the field. So we have chaos side and law <laughs> yeah. and order side. There we and go. Then, yeah. You've got the left, and then you've got the side where um, Lachlan Ilias is standing watching everyone else play football. Correct, yeah. Sort of standing with hands on hips and going, hey, guys. Yeah. That's, a good, that's a good plan. I see oh, no issue. Right on. Um, who's, a, who's a young guy you're excited to see, Phil? Uh, well, I think I might have said it last year, but it's got to be Moale. Like, he's, he looked good in the in, – in, I mean, is he still young? Feels like he, looked, he looked like he trimmed down as well when I saw him on Saturday. I, he looked, he I, didn't recognize, I didn't recognize him. Yeah, I thought. Who, try, yeah, he neither did I. I'm like, yeah, when he scored that, he looks. Try, he's like, thinner wow, and he's that? got no hair. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, really? Oh. He feels. He feels like I've, he's been the big next bright young thing for five years, and I'm going to look at him and go, "Oh, he's 28. Um, <laughs> yep. He's got three kids." But um, look, I think um, I think South have lacked a bit of that sort of. Uh, he's still that, only 20, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So I'll go. Mawala. He debuted when he was like 12, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just that. It's just that. Let to me. You know, you need those kids with that really super dynamic leg speed, that ability to get through a line, that ability to bring yeah. something different. And and I think South were probably rolling there through their middles last year. And you bring one guy off, and you bring the next guy on. It's kind of the same guy, just with a different, you know, different name, different haircut. So I I think he can he can be a guy yeah. that can be a genuine yeah. difference maker. In that I agree, race. and we'll we'll wait and see who ends up playing right edge, but uh, whether it's Arrow, whether it's somebody else, but. The middle rotation is looking pretty damn good, I will say. Like, I yeah, think that strong. Th- there's like the fact that Talis Duncan was probably the only bright spot in that team in the last few weeks of last season, one of the only blokes who well and truly put in week in, week yeah. out. The fact that he's not guaranteed of a spot because of how, how good Sean Kepi looked the other night and how well Dave Moali's offseason has apparently been. Like, the fact that he's not even guaranteed to have a spot in the 17, I think bodes well. And I think that that's one thing South will always have is competition for spots in the forward pack. They've always been pretty good at that. Just like a couple of, just like your Raiders, Nick, just like a couple of other teams, they've always had really good depth in the forwards. And whilst I don't think they have a prop who's like an absolute killer, like a James Fisher Harris or a Payne Huss, I mean, who, who does have one of those? Or your Tarpon is also quite good. Fine. But they've got a bunch of guys who are all really, really good. And if you, if you admit, if your props can be really, really good, you look at every other spot on that field, Dynamic players in the back row. One of the best locks, if not the best lock in the world. Um, and now and now a really good, a really exciting center pairing in Campbell Graham and Jack White. And if that's the route they want to go down, Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell, Alex Johnston, but just weapons all over the hill. Damian Cook as well. And so 
there's a world where this all comes together really well and South's great again. And we're sitting here in September uh, enjoying them losing another prelim to Penrith. But <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a tradition but, unlike any other. Oh, that's my favorite Ta- day of the year. Talis Duncan looks like one of those kids who came out of junior footy and I reckon he's played every position on the field at some mm. point. Yeah, it's it's just, it, 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 you know, like he just looks one of those kids who said, Coach, yeah, I'll do it. I'll play here. I'll play here. I, I loved how he just had a crack last year. He just seemed uh, in games, he was popping up everywhere. And I, I'm, I'm, some games had no idea where he was meant to be playing or what he was meant to be doing. And I'm convinced he didn't either. But I think he he did did enough that he's won me over last year. Um, so I hope, I hope I, I'm, I'm sure we'll see plenty of football from him this year. Yeah, I'm a fan yeah. of his too. I love his aggression. I love his leg speed. I love his explosiveness. I know it's it's a tough bench to get onto, but he'd be on my bench for in in Las Vegas for sure. Like the idea of him yeah, just coming you, on, punching around the middle of the field, awesome shit. You wrote a bit yeah. about Ty, Ty Munro today as well, Nick. Yeah, yeah, I'm a real I'm a real fan of Tyrone Munro's. Um, got the couple of games. Unfortunately, missed in. the first few weeks of the season with a collarbone issue, but yeah, oh well. yeah. Um, got a couple of games in last year. Um, you know, still was very very young. I think he's still only 19 now, but got a great turn of speed. Uh, a real knack for for big plays. I I thought uh, it was one of those things. He got into first grade, took a lot out of the experience, and then when he came back to reserve grade, like he looked, he, it, things changed. Things were different, and he was awesome in the reserve grade grand final. Scored the winning try. Scored a hat trick in the state championship. He's not just fast, although speed is something I think Souths kind of need from their back five. I know you love AJ guys, but he doesn't really have the the gas gas anymore. Yeah, but Tyrone Munro does. But he's also got like nice plays in him. Like he can put a center kick in. He can finish in the corner really athletically and acrobatically. It might take a little bit of time to iron out some of the kinks in his game, but I think he's I think he's a beaut. I'm a real, real fan. Mm. Yeah. Uh so as I mentioned, uh, you I think you said this during the Raiders preview, Nick. You said if you don't pick your team to make the finals, you're a coward. Words That's that right. So I've I've I've, I've Really doubled down on it to make sure I'm definitely not a coward, and I've put the fourth. All right. I think I'll finish six, and then win the grand final. Yep, I like it. <laughs> I'm in. There they are. There's my <laughs> there's my rabbit eye boys. Uh, Nick, you haven't picked a team to come second yet, so I'm going to assume that's who's going to be there. I'm no, gonna pencil no, that I in think now. I think okay. Souths do fix a lot of the things that we've talked about on this show. But like I've said on a couple of previous podcasts, I think the level of competition across the league is going to be a lot higher this year. Mm. So yeah. I think they slot in at fifth. Mm. And I think in week one of the finals, we, oh get, my the, God. we get the death match. <laughs> we get, we get Rabbitohs Raiders and then the show ends. Can we reenact <laughs> the, can we reenact the rock Austin promo before WrestleMania 17 in the week up leading up to that game? Well, I, well, look, you know, one of my favorite dumb stats is Latrell Mitchell has never played, has never played the Raiders, Raiders as, yeah, a it's crazy. as a South play. Yeah. Yeah. So I presume right. he won't play for some reason. Well, yeah, Can't yeah. wait to see. Oh, yeah, I, was looking, I was looking up the guys who've played more finals games for Souths than he has since he got to the Souths, and it's quite sad. Guys like Harm Selle, Liam Knight. Blake Tars played as many as Latrell. It's not good. It's very much not good. If Alex Johnson scores the mm. 25 tries required to beat Ken Irvine's record this year, yep. will you run on the field? Yes. <laughs> will it will it be like that college basketball game in the states the other day where a team broke a twenty five match losing streak and one fan rushed the court? I actually didn't see that. But I really pretty, that, that sounds I'm, like a good I, highlight. Yeah, that's a yeah. good highlight. Um, <laughs> hey, boys, yeah, it's a weird one, right? Yeah. Before we go, are we are we are we high on the Las Vegas? Um, I, I don't. I, 
I love my team. I like, I mean, I kind of like the idea. I just wish South weren't involved in it. Well, I'll be there. So, well, you're going to love it. But they've, they've, yeah. had to, they've had to um, shut down um, four Queensland Cup teams and four New South Wales Cup teams to, to get them there. But I think it'll be worth it. I respect it. But um, yeah, no, we'll see what happens, mate. I'm just just looking forward to having a good time watching watching some footy. Hope hopefully, no one gets hurt on the fake grass at Allegiant Stadium, whatever it's called. But uh, oh, just, on, just on just on Johnston, really quick. Um, that is a weird one. Right? I have thought about that a lot, Nick. Like, what is going to happen? Because like, Buddy Franklin reached a milestone in AFL, which while still being very impressive, is nowhere near as impressive as. Like he he got to a thousand goals, which I think only four or five blokes have done in that sport. But he he didn't break the all time record for goals. He he just became like the fifth or sixth guy to do it, and twenty thousand people rushed the field. It's like Alex Johnston could do something. Like at any point before Johnston was what twenty four and already had a hundred tries. At any point before that, Lutz, can you remember any time in our lifetimes where? People would have been like, "Oh yeah, someone's going to break Kern Irvine's record." Because I can't. I can't remember anyone sincerely like bringing it up as a possibility for a single player. See, I think My- you've I think you've answered your own question there because the all-time try-scoring record has never been something that could realistically be broken. I don't think it really existed at the forefront of mm. sort of the league consciousness or the league discourse. You know, sorry to use fucking stupid corporate buzzwords. No, but you know what I mean? It's not like it's something that we all thought about. And I would say that until, you know, Slater, Billy Slater and Alex Johnson started getting a bit close to it, I would say there'd be a lot of fans who wouldn't have ever known who Ken Irvine was. Well, there was famously that tweet from Willie Mason saying we should call the top try scorer the Ken Irvine Award. And then yeah. everyone was like, we, we do do it. We already do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would say that before they made that change, there'd be a lot of people who wouldn't have known. Yeah, no, I think you're probably who, right. Who, who Ken yeah, yeah. So what do you what do, what do you guys think? Like in all seriousness, what do you guys think happens? Like if, if he breaks that record, it's a South home game at that wretched Grand Canyon of a stadium. Like what happens? What do you think happens? I don't think well, that... You got, I mean, you got I first it's a bit of a tradition of people on the field, though, right? So yeah, they do it after yeah. the game, they do it all the time. Rugby league doesn't have that tradition. That's um, true. I would imagine, I would imagine um, they would uh, block, whistle the try and then uh, go back and prepare for the um, next part of the game. I reckon they'll do stuff all, but I hope, that, I hope so because ages, um, you know, uh, everyone goes, oh, he just catches balls and puts them down. But I, I disagree with that. Well, yeah, they're more on still. They don't. They don't. They don't watch rugby league. They're a bunch he's of. A, he's, a, he's a beautiful finisher. He's, he's he's timing. I mean, how often do you see wingers fuck this up every week in the in mm. the NRL? Timing runs point. incorrectly, stuffing up tries. You know, that's an absolute art form to do that, and that's to me the sign of a, a proper football player. Like he 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 understands. He also he also yeah. had like four or five try assists last year as well. Yeah, he's like backing yeah, he's up and dabbing his little kicks and stuff. He's a fantastic maybe, player. Maybe he should play fullback and Trell can go to the centres. Here we oh, go. Actually, We're cooking with gas let's, now. I'm just and asking he's questions. A, he's yeah. not a great fullback. He actually is. As a Queenslander, actually, I'm, I, I would have, I, I'm stunned he hasn't played that. That's a whole other argument. But oh. I think he would have done yeah. – he would not have ever played a bad game in a New South Wales jersey if he had been picked. Uh, I, I think will that... never advocate for a South Sydney winger to be picked for Origin again after the Nathan Merritt incident. So I will refrain from speaking. Yeah, I think I, the I'm best... happy for no South players get picked for Origin. <laughs> I think the thing to look for with AJ, if he does break the record, um, is probably to the to the times in the past where people have broken the point scoring record. So I remember when Daryl Halligan did it in 2000, mm. and then Joey did it in 06, and then Thurston and/or Smith might've broken it. And then Smith sort of surged ahead and did it where mm. 
when it happens in the moment, everyone will celebrate it and be really big. There'll be a nice presentation on the field after the game. And then that'll probably be it. But like Souths are great at celebrating this That's sort true. of stuff. Like I think about how much, about how the nice the stuff. Yeah. Oh, mate, get the bell out. Get the bell out. Get the bell out. Uh, like I think about the the game against Manly last year after John Sattler passed. You know what I mean? Like that mm, was yeah. that was beautiful. Great, a you know, great every, everything they did from the jerseys to playing him singing the song on the PA system after the game, all great. So Souths will get it right. The league just has to get out of their own way and let Souths do it. And it'll all do you think okay. they should let them rush the field? I don't know. Yeah. I'm with Lutz. It's a Sharon fisting thing. Don't care it's, for it. Okay, that's yeah. a fair. But also, the, the, can you imagine the funniest thing possible? Which well, is you, Alex you, Johnson. You, run, you running on the field. No, no, no. Hang on, hang on, I, hang, on hang on. Hang on. Passionately tongue kissing Alex Johnson. Well, yeah, that's not funny. That's, that's just romantic, mate. I'm not sure what's funny about two guys <laughs> who are clearly really very good friends. Yeah. Um, no, the funniest thing that can happen is he scores. I don't want this to happen. The funniest thing that happens is he scores. Everyone rushes the field. Everyone's having a great time. They're cheering around the field. And then suddenly the camera pans back to Jerry Sutton and he's blowing time off. So the Atlanta, the bunkers, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bunkers the Atlanta Falcons in. in the early years of the Atlanta Falcons, right where they were really wretched, they couldn't win a fucking game. And in those days, having the thousand yard rusher was like if you couldn't win, if you couldn't make the playoffs, that was Boy something yards. to hang your hat on. And they had a bloke on the team, I can't remember his name, but he was a pretty good running back. And in the last game of the season, last quarter, gets over the thousand yards. It's massive. It's huge. They stop the game. They have a big presentation for him. All sorts of stuff like that. They're going crazy. Oh, no. They're, I know they're it's crying going. in the seats of the Georgia Dome. Game restarts about 10 minutes later. Tackle for a loss of five yards. <laughs> Thousand yard season gone. Up in smoke. Uh, Dave Hampton was his name. Dave I Hampton. Just looked it up. That's it. That is so funny. Uncle Dave, yeah. <laughs> Poor Dave. He got a 1,000 yards the next year, so it all worked okay. out okay. All right. <laughs> Look, uh, it'll it'll probably happen. It'll probably be the early game at the Gold Coast on a Saturday. Yeah, that's the thing I'm worried about, yeah, right? Yeah, it'll be like eleven thousand people there, and most of them aren't watching, and that's probably how it'll go down. Well, as, like as, I did, as, I, as someone, it's strangely fitting for AJ actually. As someone whose club rested a legend, so he well, could that is true. Do a significant historical thing at home. Sometimes you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, it can, no, I was looking at it. Could go actually, very wrong. I was all I'm over looking that. at. I'm looking at round 25, Rabbitohs hosting the Knights. Maybe that's the day. Could be it. Could be it. Well, that's and 20, the last. That, th- I, I actually think it's more likely he does it next year. It could. I, I think, honestly, yeah, if, I, if you had to. It's a lot of tries. If, if I was betting on it, like if you had to bet me, I think it's. It, if South make the finals year, I think it's happening in the finals, which would kind of ruin the moment completely. You can't have a field rush in the finals, can you? Imagine, imagine pulling for there's the no finals, field rush year. No there's going to be a field. field. Boys, there's going to embrace debate. Everyone get in touch. Will there, should, should, oh, two questions. Should and would there be a field rush? I don't know. I generally don't know. I, like, I know no. it's an I AFL no. thing. I say no. It's like, a double no for me. This has double. literally never happened before. It's, it's, it's not I very AJ either. Like, he's not a field rush sort of guy. You know? No, that's he's true. That. That's true. No, I'm, I'm just asking questions. My guy's going to go, come on, fellas, let's rush the field. And it's let's go, one, boys. One First lonely, man over the... One, yeah, yeah. one lonely uh, run to centre field. It, there's also a huge um, workplace health and safety concern with um, heaps of drunk people on the field with a bunch of fired up NRL players. I think... Uh, what if the guy with the hot dog thermos gives him a hot dog out of the thermos to celebrate? Oh, that'd be so See, good. part of the reason that the Lance... And, and, it, and it, convert, so eating, it converts his own try eating the hot dog. Yeah, oh, there we go. Is, this has devolved into South Sydney fan fiction. I yeah. I, I do not care for this. Uh, all right, we should we should we should get out of here. Uh, Phil, anything to promote? 
Um, no, 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 nothing to promote. I'm just looking forward to um, the footy season. Actually, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the footy season. Go the bunnies. Go bunnies. All right, Phil, thank you so much for coming on. We will see you, hopefully, in the finals. Thank you, gents. See you Thanks later. so much, man. And joining us now to talk all things West Tigers, a pod debut uh, for Josh Barnett, host of the Westlife podcast, who ended the Pasco fiasco. Welcome. Well, I like to think a small part. Our first time, long time, boys. What an honour to uh, come on to my favourite NRL podcast. Yeah, I thought it, was only, thought it was only fair. You had me on last year before the Souths game. thought it was only fair that we returned the favour. Um, yeah, that, that was fun. It's, yeah. it's, it's fun getting that's something I tried last year is getting opposition fans on um, to preview whoever the, is going to beat the West Tigers that week. So, yeah, um, yeah we, had, we had Clarkie the, of Titans, the, probably the most famous Titans fan mm. in Australia. Um, uh, hang on, Amy Shark? Ever heard of her? Uh, oh, the singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is, Campo is disgusted um, right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm, I'm in love with Amy Shark, so, you know. Yeah, right. Tough, 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 tough start to the pod, but yeah, we're going to bring it back. We're going to bring we it are. back. If it's not played in Triple M, I probably don't know it. Yeah, that's fair it. enough. Triple uh, M, we'll, we'll Triple start, M rocks we'll, the footy. We'll start with the happiest thing. So we had Simon and Mads on the a Patreon special straight after the mm. announcement that Pascoe and Hadjib were were leaving the club. I didn't have you on because I knew you were doing your own show basically at the same time, but I did listen to that. And I've never heard a couple of fellas sounding happier than you guys were <laughs> on that show. And it wasn't because you won a grand final. Or even made the finals. It was because you sacked a couple of suits in the back room. Yeah. Well, the last time we made the finals, I was 22 years old and, yeah, uh, a much much younger man. Uh, yeah, we were very, obviously very happy with the news. It was a Christmas come early. I think it was two weeks before Christmas. And obviously, our look, our, our shtick kind of became um, the anti-Pasco and Lee guys and through mainly because of my co-host uh rob bashara he yeah he was always adamant and that's pasco needed to go so yeah it's it finally happened probably yeah a season or two late but um yeah some might say even longer but um look uh, if anything if there are any doubts i think shane richardson has basically proven in the space of what a month and a half that it was a it should have happened earlier because he's yeah. already kicking goals. So mm. I think there's a veneer of professionalism at the club that hasn't been there in in seasons past. Nick, you were out there at their their media thing a couple of weeks ago. What was your main takeaways from all things Tigers? The interesting thing for me with the Tigers is like it, it is very much a fresh start. You know, Benji's in as coach, total like whole new board in new era whole thing the tigers have had a lot of new eras over the mm. last uh, tw- last 13 years now but what i like about this one is for some reason i feel like there's not a whole lot of hype or expectation or anything like that like if you remember a year mm. ago we're all very optimistic because we always want to try and be optimistic at this time of year we always want to see the tigers do well you know i think it's no secret that me and and Bunga both have a really big soft spot for them and, you know, Sheens was in and the 05 boys were back and all these big signings were in and we're like, yeah, yeah, here we go, here we go. And then it was like dreadful. Mm. Then it was like, I would argue, as low an ebb as the club's ever been. And I thought in 2022, they were a bad team that played badly. 2023, mm. they drastically underperformed for, for some of the players they had on the roster. 
we came 16th and we thought, well, we can't get worse than this. <laughs> I know, I know, man. It's tough. But this Let, time... This it's time, the most West Tigers thing ever. I know, literally, It's to get when, the wooden spoon and somehow finish lower the following year. Yeah, never had the wooden spoon ever in the history of the franchise. Get the wooden spoon and think, well, it can't get worse. And literally, yeah, a new team comes in and we drop to seventh. Become the first 17th team since, what, 2000. Three. When, when was the last time they had dropped uh, from 20? 99, 99, yeah. 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 After South and the Birches and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It, um, what an honor. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but so this time I feel like there isn't as much expectation. It's not like everyone's saying, yeah, it's a new era. Or it's not like everyone's saying, yeah, things are going to change. Things are going to be different. I do think things are going to change. Mm. And I do think things are, are going to be different, but I feel like there's not as much expectation around the side anymore. And I think a big part of that is Marshall is Marshall being in there as coach. Yeah. He's, I think everyone wants to see him succeed. I don't think that's a secret to say that. I don't, no one's out here sharpening the knives for Benji. I think everyone wants to see him and the team do well at this point. Like the dog has been kicked so hard that mm. there's no more kicks left. The good, the story now that everyone wants to see, and that includes the people in the mainstream media. I think it includes a lot of people in other forms of media too. People want to see the Tigers do well. This is the point of the story where things are meant to change and things are meant to come up a little bit. And I think they can. I think they can. Like it's it's never hard to sell me on Wes, but I do think there I, I do think there's some gonna be some good stuff happening this year. I don't think you're gonna finish 18th at least. Let's mm-hmm. let's let's put it that like it actually can't get worse this time. Yeah, it um yeah. It- there's no expectations. I kind of feel like it is back in, I would say, 20, 2013 when the Luke Brooks debut happened. Uh, Tedesco, I believe that was the year Tedesco uh, did his ACL. So we, we knew we had this young crop of players coming through and we had our eyes on incoming years thinking it's going to get better, it's going to get better. 2014 came along, the team looked pretty good i think a lot of people forget in 2014 we were in the top eight until about oh like round 18 or 19 i think robbie farrah might have gotten injured and they just basically fell to shit and um, fell out of finals contention like we had obviously the moses tedesco woods are all young coming through um yeah and the team looked like it was building towards something and then of course ivan cleary came along and uh yeah they all got off the bus as he said so and it's been what that was 2016 so it's been eight years since of just like yeah hitting the reset button but they haven't hit the reset button in terms of um going all in on kids like they are now they've kind of tried to band-aid it with overpaying has-beens and uh, with all respect to madalino josh reynolds and yeah that crop coming through. And to be fair, Ivan Cleary actually had them playing pretty well for a minute there, like when we beat the Storm down in Melbourne. Um, yeah, they were grinding away some wins and then, yeah, then not, yeah, then Cleary knifed us in the back and went off to Penrith and won three premierships. So, yeah, left us. I bet he's regretting that decision. When you say it like yeah. that. Yeah, went to coach his son to three comps. So, yeah, the anger towards I think us West Tigers fans. Yeah, yeah you beat them in we, that one game. So who's laughing, really? Uh, mate, beat game, in, uh, mate, beat them in Bathurst last year as well. Like, tell yeah. you. 
Yeah, which game are you talking about? We've been the, we've the been... one where the the one where they blew him a kiss and then he blew the kiss back later the next time you played. We beat him in the Origin Week too when they had nine yeah. nine <laughs> players out at line. Yeah, what mate, a win it was, not, let, mate. Jake, Jacob Little ran the length. I don't know. I don't care how many plays you have out. If he's going yeah. the length, then that's a what's the old gag bunga? That's when the balloons come out. Because that's the balloon making... moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm glad but, you bring up the youngsters, man, because I do think that's actually something that the club has done quite well over the last mm. couple of years. They've totally re- overhauled and revamped a lot of their junior pathways, and it's the sort of work that. You only see the results of it three or four years down the track. They brought in a guy named Matthew Betsy, who I think is now the head of football. He's sort of been pushed up the ladder, but he's done a really, really good job at revamping those paths to first grade. Mm. And when you're a team like the West Tigers that has such a large catchment area, you know, and it's it's an area that's the fastest growing area in Sydney now out, out mm. in the Southwest, you've got to capitalize on that. That's the best resource that you have. And it's one that if you tend to it, if you look after it, can be never ending, you know? And yeah. I know, I know that Jareen Buller didn't come from that part of the club's junior network, but to me, he's sort of the first of what should be a lot of really, really talented young guys coming through guys like Solomon, Sakuru or uh, Talon De Silva, uh, who got a couple of games in last year or Kit Lali'i fellas like that. It's uh, uh, these, these are guys that you might not have heard of now, but they're the players of the future. That's where the future of the, of the Tigers is. So yeah. talking about these juniors, who are the guys that really stand out to you as the, as the guys that can carry this club forward? Well, obviously Lockie Galvin is probably the number one name that everyone uh, would go to. He's uh, part of the, the West side of the juniors coming through. He's still only 19. No, he's 18. Still 18 years old. He's already in the top 30. They're calling him. I hate this because Luke Brooks was the next Andrew Johns. I've heard people call him, the next Cleary, um, which is scary because we've been hurt with these kind of hypes for halves coming through before. But he he's also 193 centimetres tall he's and a, 91 he's a, kilos. He's, he's a, a big lad, man. Yeah. He's a big lad. He's tall. He's he's got a good half a head on me. Like not a not a not a little fella by any means. He's bigger than Cleary already, I'd reckon. Yeah, he's um yeah, so he's gonna be a big big half. So him, I mean him and Luai down the track, I guess it'd be a good sort of mix as well. Um, yeah, obviously the Fainus, we got them from Manly. Uh, if we can contain them from um, not doing things yeah, like they did in the trial. But we, to be honest, like a lot of West Tigers fans are like worried about that. But part of me is like, we kind of needed Jared Weirah Hargraves um, loose unit in the team. I'm kind of sick of the Tigers being the joke, the pushover for pack. And I honestly, from watching the first trial um, against the Warriors, I that's something that if there's anything that gives me confidence, I feel like Stefano looks fit and ready to go. He was kind of, I mean, he was in origin squad last year, but I feel like he was not quite his best towards the end of the year last year. Um, yeah. Like Clem was pretty good for us last year up, our forward pack is looking good. It's more, yeah, the ability to score points. And the halves for the first hit out, uh, Sullivan and Caesar, they they've never played before and they looked fairly in sync, as much as you can expect for two guys who played literally the first 20 minutes have ever played together. So there was actually organisation. We saw kicks yeah, hitting the grass as opposed to 
landing on the fullback's chest. Um, he was kicking, Caesar was kicking early, got a repeat set. Another thing we're not really used to as West Tigers, just I don't know, a bit of smart football coming into the team as well. I feel like there were glimpses of an adequate football side in the past, but they just did dumb, stupid, like West Tigers things. It's become, it's become like a meme, a West Tigers sort of mm. player, a West Tigers um, losing a game that couldn't be lost sort of thing. What I like about what you're talking about there is I think those are elements that can raise the floor of this team. And I think that's the mm. that's the first step is creating a team that is going to be competitive every single week. And the easiest way to do that is to have a strong forward pack and just a half decent kicking game. When you look at the names in the Tigers forward pack, you know, I thought I think you're right. I think Clemmer was solid last year. I think the origin experience actually hurt Utoi Kamanu. He came back in it. I don't think he was playing mm. with the same confidence or whatever, but he's a player that I'm a tremendous fan of. And I've sort of been waiting for the breakout season for a couple of years now, but I, I think it's a good chance it happens here. I thought John Bateman was pretty good um, in patches in patches last year. I'd be interested to see how he'd go if he's playing in the middle of the field, because I think he'd be really, really good at sort of tightening up that middle third, really leading the line speed as well. Isaiah Papaliti was disappointing of, of mm. their major recruits last year. He's someone I'd be looking for a lot of improvement on, but I think there's guys there as well who, could really improve under under a coach like like Benji. And it's hard to say what exact sort of coach Benji's going to be like because he's literally never coached a team before mm. he got the NRL job. But everything out of West, the one thing that all the guys say is Benji knows exactly what he wants out here and he really simplifies your job. And to me, that sounds like a good way to get through to a playing group, a good way to sort of get blokes who are a bit low on confidence, had a tough couple of years. If they know exactly what you want off them, you make it easy for them then I think they're more likely to deliver. You know, I think someone like Fanua Pole could be in for a really big season. You know, he's a, a tough, strong dude. They've been more with playing him at lock the last couple of years. I kind of like him mm. more at front row. Yeah. yeah, Justin Matamua is, I keep hearing all the time that he's a really, really talented passer in the middle third mm. of the field. Like he could be a good 13. Don't haven't really seen it at the top level yet, but he's another guy that I'm really keeping an eye on. And then Api Corosau, who I thought in a, such a busted team last year, yeah. was excellent. Excellent. Mm. Like my my estimations of him actually rose last year because he went from Penrith, where he was a really good player, but there's a lot of great players around you, to mm. West, where nothing was working. They signed Brandon Wakem played like 15 games in the halves. They signed him two weeks before the season started. There was just not a whole lot doing anywhere. But Appy was still dangerous and he was trying every single trick he knew every single week mm. just to get mm. stuff going. You yeah. you like you get a guy like that, you put like yeah. a stronger, more consistent forward pack around him, the 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 floor of this team goes up. And once yep. the floor goes up, then you can start putting a roof on the place. You've got to remember too, Appy had his jaw broken um mid last year. And I think had that not happened, maybe the team would have found a bit more, I'm not saying that would make the finals or anything, but to lose Appy, mm. I mean it's kind of like um yeah, I'm trying to think of another sporting reference, like Giannis from missing from the Bucks. Um, I was going to use my guy there, but I thought I'll, I'll use one of my non-teams. Yeah, <laughs> the Bucks playing without Giannis or something. No, sp- speak, yeah. speak, speak your language. Use Just your say teams, Jokic, man. mate. Come Just on. Just do hey. it, brother. Yeah, the best player in the world, Jokic. <laughs> yeah. It's the thing is, it would have been so easy for Appy to just put the cue in the rack a little bit and, and just... Sort Papali- of go Papali- through the motions. Papali- he did, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. You know? and, and that's just clearly, I agree with you, mate. Like, I, I came out of last year thinking it, 
thinking even higher about Picorosau as a player just for the work ethic that he showed down the stretch, particularly like, yeah, when, as you said, there was just nothing doing. Um, you mentioned Brandon Wakeham. He won't be there this year, Josh. How do you see the hard situation shaping up? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a weird sort of year because you know Luai is coming. So, um, yeah, it does it become a bit of an audition because, yeah, one of those guys is obviously not going to... I mean, Caesar's only uh, a short-term solution. Sullivan have offered all this money over four years, I believe. He coming through the juniors and Adam Dwayne coming back mid-season, who will probably, to be fair, I think he kind of has to admit that he's a centre. As much as I, I did kind of like him um, at six, I guess he'll probably come back. If he comes back in first grade at all, he'll probably start out in the centres. But, yeah, there's a lot of question marks over. There's no, like, no one's rubber stamped who's going to be the guy with Luai next year. Um, so, yeah, it's an awkward one, I think. But, I mean, judging off one preseason game against a second-grade Warriors side, it's probably not the best. But um, apparently we heard today from inside the club that Benji very much was just telling the team to go forward and not do too many, like, plays or anything. They didn't want to show their hand in the game. Um Hence, they did stuff all against 12 men for so long. So, yeah, it's um, maybe we'll see a bit more spark when they're, they're playing for points as well. So, yeah, they, the, the, the scoring points thing is going to be, I think, maybe the main issue, like you said before, that if you've got a forward pack um, in the game. So I think they're going to be in the game a lot, whether or not yeah. they can score points. And my co-host... He labelled us. He said this at the start of last season. He goes, they remind, uh, to mention one of my other teams, he goes, the West Tigers remind him of the Denver Broncos. They just can't score points. Mm. And that doubly hurt me, obviously, being a Denver Broncos fan and knowing that struggle. So both my teams, yeah, just couldn't couldn't do shit with the ball. <laughs> A lot of yeah. lot of lot of low scoring grinds. Well, what yeah. do you what what do you want to have? Because you really can't get guys who are more diametrically opposed than Caesar and Sullivan in in respects to where they are in their mm. careers. So what do you want to see from them? And you, with Luai coming, there is really clearly only one spot going forward. And with Fino at the club as well, it, I, I it does seem like that's yeah. probably what we're going to be seeing in mm. 2025 and beyond. But how much do you think Fino will be involved in what they do this year? And I guess, Nick, you can answer that as well after Josh's time. Yeah, I wouldn't think. I mean, it, dep- it depends how they go. They go halfway through the year, then Benji might start. Um, yeah, trying trying things out. I hope it doesn't get to that, and I hope that they come out and yeah, these uh, Sullivan and Caesar just lay a platform. It's just all the uh, the one percenters. I know it's a, such a cliche thing to say, but like I said in the trial, what they were doing, just get repeat sets, get like. Get the kicks right. Like just they had the Warriors coming out of their 10 meter line as opposed to they get back to the 30. Like it's just just controlling the game. Like Luke Brooks, um, he could do great plays or flashy things with his speed or something. It was just the the halfback, like steering the ship, it just wasn't was never really shown. Occasionally gets south. So I always thought it was quite funny. Vanguard, you said that Luke Brooks always played his best games against South, and it did kind of feel like that. It was pretty funny. Um, 
Yeah, it was hilarious. Yeah, uh, that's all right. I think I think you guys have got um, got the laugh over us yeah. the last few years. But um, yeah, just the the little things, the small things. I'm not, I don't want them to I'm not coming. Want them to come out and them to be the second coming of Benji Marshall and do flick passes and all sorts of tricky things. Just yeah, just get get those little things right, especially Caesar at halfback. Um, I think Bud Sullivan might, yeah, be the other way, might actually show uh, he can create something out of nothing and yeah, get something happening yeah, with Buller uh, outside as well. But, yeah, just control control the game. But I think Appy, obviously having Appy at hook, hooker who can play half, like he, he might as well be a second That's half true. out That's there very as well. Yeah. Camper, so, how do you see that 6-7 shaping up? I love Aiden Caesar. That always have, always will. Um, East Hills Bulldogs, shout out. A a player who I, I I honestly think, like he's had a good career, but I really do think we've probably got the absolute worst version of it. He's so talented. He can do so many different things. He's got a left boot, like a fucking howitzer. Like he can send that thing to the moon. He's 32. It's probably not going to work out the way I wanted to for Aiden Caesar, but I really like him for West because I think he's a perfect bridge to the future. You know, like... Brooks had to go. That had to change. But player and club, both everybody needed a fresh start. They've got Luai coming in on the big deal. Caesar is good enough to start in the NRL, do a credible job of taking the team around the park, giving them a, a, a very strong long-range kicking game. But also, if he's not doing the job after six weeks or if he can only get through about 10 or 12 games, which I think is a possibility because he was injured a lot in his last couple of seasons in England, mm. he's not too good or on too much money or too prestigious a signing mm. that you couldn't get halfway through the year, drop him, and then go with Latu Finu and Bud Sullivan the rest of the way. Mm. So Caesar's perfect in that regard. I think he's a, a really nice bridge for them towards the Luai stuff. Caesar said, when I, I spoke to him at West, the other, I spoke to him out there the other day. He said he wants to play on. He said, I'll play till my legs fall off. He goes, I'm loving being back in Sydney. He was telling me a story about how, when he was playing, training for the East Hills Bulls, his father would come down Bulldogs, and watch training. You. And sorry, the East Hills, whatever's. His <laughs> father would come down and watch training and kill time by doing chin-ups in a tree on the I side of that. the footy oval. And I was like, that's good stuff. That's the energy that this West Tigers team needs. So mm. I really like Caesar. I think he's a, I don't know if he'll be a starter or anything like that, but I think he'll be perfect for the job that West have brought him to do. I've been a real fan of Bud Sullivan since he came into grade at the Dragons. I think he was a bit of a victim of a pretty bad situation at Saints over the last couple of seasons. I think the idea of him working under someone like Benji is really, really appealing. You know, I haven't seen as much of Latu Finu, but he comes with, pretty enormous raps. You know, they've signed him and the two mm. brothers. I think Latu is the mm. real prize of the three. He's the one that everyone talks about. Like he's going to be a guaranteed superstar, but a Caesar Sullivan halves pairing, I think is streets ahead of anything that West had last year. They had Luke Brooks, who the change had to happen. They had Brandon Wakeham, who is fine as a backup. Maybe, mm. you know, Adam Dewey, I've always liked him more of five, eight as well, but I think you have to kind of, you're like, he'd have to admit himself that that ship might have sailed because he just can't stay on the field, the poor bugger. But Caesar Sullivan, I think, is a really good, a really good base, a really good base. And it goes to what I was talking about before. I think the two of them being there lifts the floor of this team. And once that happens, then all sorts of other things can start happening. Yep, totally agree with all that. 
The yeah, rest of they- the back line is a little bit of a concern for me. That's the big question mark for me on this team. Yeah. Uh, we got we got Jareem the Dream at the back. He's really cool. Can't wait to see how he goes. Two to five is a lot less clear to me. They got Justin mm. Olam in on the swap deal from Sean Bloor. I have my concerns there because he did sort of drop off pretty badly for Melbourne last year. Maybe a change of scenery makes him hungry mm. again, gives him that fire. But mate, what are you what are you thinking? What are you thinking we see in the back line and how are you feeling about the signing of Olam particularly? Well, Sean Bloor was my absolute man crush. He was my guy. You and me, baby. Um, you me, yeah, you me and Glory. I'm still, yeah, still sad. Like, like, look, watching the ceiling at night, thinking about him, wondering <laughs> how how he's going in Melbourne. You know that so, dream where they come in through the window. <laughs> Don't text him. Don't text him, man. He's not worth it. I wanted to come, yeah, come out on my birthday cake, sing happy birthday to me. Um, yeah. So I was obviously pretty sad. I think he'll kill it just quietly on Sean Bloor. He'll play mm-hmm. Origin next year. Um, Love it. But I get it. We needed outside back stocks in the forwards. It was, yeah, it, it made sense as much as I hate to admit it. Uh, we, yeah, we're just outside backs. They're very, very thin. Stafford Toa, he looked good in that Cowboys win. And then, yeah, they kind of dropped off a little bit. He's, yeah, he, he was a bit inconsistent. Um, he had some games where we thought, wow, he's the center we need. And then kind of, yeah, would get brushed off a little bit too often uh, towards the end of the year as well. Um, I like the look of this Lob guy that we got from Alex Lob from the Dragons. He's a big unit. Tallest man in the world. Yeah, and he yeah, he caught a high ball. Another thing we're not used to as West Tigers fans. As soon as a, a ball goes up in the air, we're like, oh, shit, this is going to be good. But this guy, he's, yeah, uh, 190 seven centimeters or something like big big tall wing kicks goals as well again something the west tigers have struggled with is kicking goals um in recent years when you think about it there's a lot of things we struggle with when you think about it but um yeah goal kicker tall uh yeah could he, he might be our next pat richards is kind of how i'm thinking with him and he was uh second leading point scorer in cup last year i think so yeah if he can come in and do a job on the wing, just to be a bit of an attacking weapon. I kind of compare it to Melbourne bringing in uh, Warbrick. He became a real uh, weapon under the high ball for them. He had the game winner against, who was the game winner against? It's the Roosters in the finals. Yeah. That like, just what a weapon, especially with the rule now that you can't tackle an attacking player in the air as well. That might've changed. Things a little bit that like Daniel Tupu always like he has his best game of the season against us, it seems. Just all these big wingers seem to carve us up. So if we can kind of yeah, fight fire. Obviously, we've had Nofaluma um in a the ground, past. A, gra- that, a ground-based winger, Nofa. Except for that, based. except for that one try against Manly that one time. <laughs> yeah. Lives on the ground. Yeah. So yeah, playing playing uh, above the rim. So use another basketball term would be nice with him. Uh, in terms of other outside backs, yeah, it's Tupo. He's off to the Dolphins, so it's like is there much point um, running with him? As much as yeah, we think he's a bit of a young gun 
coming through. A bit surprising that we let him go to the Dolphins. But um, I, I like Naden. I hope he can get quite fit. I rate him as a centre. I don't really like him on the wing. I think I, I quite like him in the centre. Um, so outside of that, yeah, so Lob, Naden, Olam need another winger. I mean, the depth-wise as well, as soon as we have an injury, it's um, Charlie Staines. I know I just mentioned uh, I like wingers that are tall, and Charlie Staines is, I think, my height. So, yeah, but Charlie Staines is a good finisher, can, can do a job on the wing as well. But, yeah, it's it's a whole lot of – it's nothing to get super excited about. It's just a matter of, yeah, just doing a job. If Kepa always in the center centers ever again, like – Fuck me! I'll switch teams. <laughs> like he, I, I felt, I felt a bit sorry for him because I actually don't mind him at second row, and it was clear that that was the position they were putting him towards. And then the second there was an injury, and they were putting him at center yeah. and wing, and he's just like, I've forgotten how to do this. I'm not into this. I don't like it. No one likes this. Why are you doing this to me? I got to tell you, man. I love the lob. Is the next Pat Richards? Mm. That's good stuff. That's the sort of. That's what we want. That's what we want. We want young players compared to more niche dudes. It's like how Benji Marshall compared Lockie Galvin to Scott Hill. Loved it. That was good stuff. That that warmed the heart. Um, like I, I'm with you on Naden. I'm a big fan of his as well. The, I think the problem for him at West has sort of been his best and his worst have been so far apart. Mm. He's narrowed that gap a little bit. I'd be I'd really like to see him get some time at at left center. There's the there's three young fellas who I'm pretty keen on. To, to get a run in the outside backs at some point. Solomon Alemolo, Solomona Fa'atape, and Solomone Salkuru. So a lot of soul, lot of souls on the lot of souls on the roster. Mm, yeah. Three guys all with a with a lot of upside. I remember watching Solomon Sakuru. I've seen him in the juniors for the last couple of years. Um, I think he's a, a real powerful tackle busting, offloading type center. He's probably probably not ready for the start of the season, but he's someone I'd like to see them introduce sooner rather than later. And I think that's what you got to look for with, with the backs at West. You've got to look for ups. Yeah. You've got to look, look for young fellas who can come in and, and, and really show you something because some of the blokes that have been there for a while, I think like Stafford Tower, like, uh, like Charlie Staines kind of feels like the book's written on them a little mm. bit. And maybe they can do a job for a couple of weeks. Maybe they can sort of fill in for a season. But in terms of like long-term guys, you know, blue chip yeah. guys, guys who are going to be there when all this turns around, I think you got to look You got to look to the young fellas in that department. There's Josh Felity as well coming through. He debuted last game of last year. Um, there's a bit of raps on him as well. So, yeah, it's a whole lot of, mm. yeah, as you kind of just put the kids coming through, have have a crack, I guess, later in the year. Yeah, that's kind of – I just don't want the season to get, again, halfway through the year. I think it's been like this for the last four years. You just get halfway through the season and the season's done. And mm. you mentioned how, like, Publi kind of checked out. You, like, obviously, they're getting a lot of money and it's their job to go out and win. But at the end of the day, if they're not – in finals contention and in a game where if you if you're five percent not in the game like mm. you're well behind in rugby league i just want i want them to get towards the end of the season and there's still a glimmer of hope something to play for like not just fuck me when's like 
when's Big Bash season going to start? Like, mm. it's just give us give us a whole season of like something to be proud of, not just yeah, it gets to July and yeah, we're calling for the end of the season and hit the reset button again. Yeah. You want I something? To, you want, some, want something to believe in again, man? Mm. Yeah, it's been too long. Been way too long. I think that there is not just from you, not just from us talking today, but in general, that does feel like it's a bit more cautious optimism this year than in years prior. I think, especially last year with Sheens and Benji in 05, and it's all, we're all just going to have a great time again. Things did get a little bit, things things went a little bit overboard. People got a little bit too carried away. And, and we've been guilty of that before with the Tigers, Nick. But I think that tonight, especially with, with what Josh has touched on, we've been a bit more reserved about our expectations for this team. And and this time, the only way literally is up. Like they, things cannot get worse. And I think I think they will improve. I really do. I, I don't think they'll make the finals, but I think that there's lots of young guys to keep an eye on. I think Benji Marshall, I have no doubt that he will be successful at this, like he's been successful at everything else he's ever done, except for Rugby Union. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm not... I'm not too bothered about 2024 if I'm a Tigers fan. I think that, that Josh has touched on those expectations pretty well. I think you just want to kind of be in and around the hunt in August. And that's maybe that's the best you can hope for for this year. But you get a really top-of-the-line player in Jerome Luai for 2025. And as long as a couple of these young guys work, that's the thing, right? Like if you have 10 scratch-offs and two of them win, then, you, then, you, then you're laughing. So hmm. if a couple of these young guys can really work out, I think that there's good times ahead for the West Tigers. But again, I think that we might have to wait a year to really kind of see that stuff start to pay off. The thing that helps to looking forward and one of the reasons, like I was never a huge Luai guy, but I was very keen to get him because we need to get over the hump to become a place that players, we don't have to pay overs to get. Mm. So with Luai coming, I'm not sure what our cap space is like. This is why it's a kind of tangent a little bit. I wish salaries were public and we could like American been, sports. Been advocating for that for yeah. a long time, man. And, and also another thing I appreciate on the show, on my show that you guys, the, the jersey numbers and names, I preach this all the time and I get hammered for it by our listeners. I don't know why, but... Um, preaching the choir, buddy. Yeah. Uh, what was I talking about? Preach, yeah. preaching, preaching to half the choir. On yeah, the all right. Well, how would we know what position James Tedesco was playing if he was wearing 23? I no don't sound to... like that. There's, li- there's literally... <laughs> Uh, there's literally like 23s in every game. There's always it always seems like players. Yeah, I bring up the bench, and then these people don't know what to say. It's always yeah. great. Anyway, like, sorry, back to your point. What was my point? What was I? Saying? I don't actually know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. We got all we got all riled up. You were talking about Luai and cap space, right? Yeah, yeah. That's cap's, how we got onto it. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know how much cap space we have, but I feel like we don't. We've gone out and paid big bucks for Luai, but we've and I think we've throwing a lot of money at, the, at keeping these kids around for a while. But another signing isn't – like we should be talking about in the hunt for games. We should be in the hunt for the next big – like a free agent to come along and play for the for the mm. club as well because we've got Appy, we've got Luai, um, Dream Bull. Like there's – I think a lot of free agents might see the core of the West Tigers and say that's actually somewhere I want to go. And I think – And every player in the league loves Benji. Yeah, and it's probably, and especially obviously the Kiwi, um, Kiwi players as well. So, yeah, so yeah, that's another, that's a good point too. Yeah, Benji, he's yeah, these kids, they're young enough that they basically idolised him um, as kids. So yeah, he that's appealing. 
as well. And also uh, the two, yeah, B1 and B2 getting kicked out of the uh, office of the club as well. So talking about souls before in the club uh, with those names, we got rid of arseholes at the club. So. Mm. Let's, yeah, uh, I mean, Bert, Bert, let's put a bow. Let's put a bow on it, man. Where are you putting them? Sixteenth. Elaborate or? Well, I just just the stuff I just said. I think that, it, that they're they are building towards something, but it's going to take some time. I think they will be better than last year. I think that as you've touched on in a few of these previews, the competition as a whole is going to be a lot more competitive this year. I think we might see a lot more, a lot a lot more of a condensed ladder this year than in seasons past. I think the gap between the top and the bottom. Will be will be a lot smaller, and I think that they'll they'll probably have some good wins, and they'll be. I don't think that they'll be as embarrassing down the stretch as they were last year or in twenty twenty two, but I still think that there's a long way to go. Their halves and where they're going to get points from, and their and their two through five are all still big big question marks for me. Love Dream Baller, love Epicorus out, love a couple of their forwards, but there's just not enough there for me to justify putting them higher. Having said that, if we'd done this. Uh, if we'd done this before the Dragons won, I probably would have had them 15th and the Dragons 16th, but it's too late. We can't we can't change once they're locked in to the spreadsheet. So oh, so the Dragons... Oh, you didn't have the Dragons last. That's That show's already out, Josh. Thanks for listening. Um, but uh, We recorded yeah. it. We recorded it before the Charity Shield. And yeah, I think I think Bungard was hanging on to the last vestiges of the take that yep. he was workshopping at the end of last year. Correct. Where he I said, I think the Dragons are going to go good next year. I think they're going to surprise uh, a few people. I do mm-hmm. I do talk like that. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, the dizzying heights. <laughs> How fucked are they, by the way, that I'm copping pelters for daring to be so bold as to pick them 15th? <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I'd probably have West a bit higher if I hadn't put the Dragons in that spot. But hey, I think it'll be a, a gentleman's 16th. I think they'll have a couple of good showings along mm. the way. And I think that they'll start building nicely uh, for the future this year. Yeah, seven and seventeen. Like, is that too much to ask? No, seven wins. I think so. Yeah. So, whatever I, whatever position that ends up being. I went for a walk this afternoon um, after I finished work just to get out of the house a little bit, and I'm living real near Leichhardt Oval these days. And <laughs> every weekday, it's open from sunrise till sunset. And I was walking past. Hmm. I was like, "We're doing the West Tigers one tonight." I'll walk up to Leichhardt, hang out in the ground a little bit, just sort of soak up some vibes, just sort of try and pick up what they're putting down and I sat there and it was a beautiful sunset and I was the only person in the ground. I was sitting there on the Wayne Pierce Hill listening to the wind and it told <laughs> me, it said, Nick, pick him in the eight, do it, do it. Oh. You love like, you don't love this team. Like you love the Raiders, but fuck, you want to see him do well, but I can't do it. They've let me down too many times. I've been I'm proud of you. That's I've been, growth. I've, That's yeah, personal I've, growth. I've, 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 I've I reckon for the last three or four years, I've sort of said, we've yeah, done it. We do it every year. We pick this them is eight when every this year. Is when it, this is when it starts yeah, yeah. to turn around. Here we go. Here mm. we go. So to that end, I have them 14th, which mm. is not great, but it's better than where they were. And I think they'll be in the hunt for the eight until maybe the last two months of the season, you know? But so I, I think, but I think they'll be, a more credible footy team. I think they'll be a proper footy team. I don't think they'll be a joke like they were last year. I don't think they'll be a, a case of sad sacks like they were yeah. the year before that. I think they'll be a real team. I think they'll get a couple of good wins. I think we'll finally start to see some progress. And I guess mm. growing up is realizing that, you know, progress isn't always going to be a top eight spot. Sometimes it can just be a little bit at a time. So yeah, that's fair. 14th for me. Uh, Josh, Josh, you get, Three spots on the roulette wheel for team of the show. We've been repeatedly accused that we're going to rig this so that you win. 
That's yeah. right. Three numbers. The wheel decides. The wheel so decides. My lucky number eight has already been taken by the Roosters, I see. Eight's my lucky number. Uh, a, because of Wayne Pierce wore number eight back when uh, the, num- the lock wore number eight. Uh, and he's basically Jesus Christ to me. And also, I was actually born, fun fact, I was born on the 88th day of 1988. So That is a fun fact. The Chinese would absolutely love me. Um, good luck to them. Uh, mm. Number nine is my other, uh, I played hooker as a kid. So I'll go number ah. nine. Okay. Yep. Uh, Can't have 15, unfortunately, for Jokic. Uh, I'll go 27 for Murray, though. I like that. All right, you get one more. And uh, wife's birthday is gone. Um, oh, five, do it. We could pick five. That's my son, my three year old says number five is his favorite number. So, there yeah, go. I, I don't five. know why, right. but yeah, we'll go number five. All right, let's lock that in five, nine, and 27. There you go. Uh, one of those numbers is absolutely going to win. Um, before we get <laughs> out of here. A quick thank you to the people in the top two tiers on our Patreon service. Go to patreon.com forward slash rookies. You get access to our Discord server, third show every week, merch discounts, entry into the Coltrane Cup, and plenty more. So thank you to Alex Edgicomi, Chris Abnell, Dave, Michael. Do you believe the earth is flat? I don't know. Eh? Yeah, I believe it is. Murray. Rocky and Rafi Stu, Weak Gutted Wayno, Ashley and Martin. Big, beautiful ball-playing front rowers. Don't just fall out of the sky, you know. Broncos legend Adam Reynolds, Bruce the Pom, Butsy, Chivakas Nafalopagus, Dan Cullinane. David, an anonymous backer, Ed Burton, El Presidente de Valverde, Rodrigo Eduardo IV, future Clive Churchill medalist, Keon Colomatangi. Give me the fucking ball. Godspeed, <laughs> little doodle. I can't yell because Zoom cuts my microphone out. I was saying boo earns. Jason, Joe, Joel, Wrigley, John, Josh Brandon, kicks out of the comp. Lachlan Hancock, Luke Charles Midmore, Matt Taylor's version, Matthew Duggan, Mr. Beefy, Morgan Watkins. My name is Nick Canton, and rugby union is my favorite type of rugby. My ding ding dog is hard, and I'm sad. Never trying to. Nick Kotrick lives on my street, subliminally coaching him to run it straight. Oh, what about that? Send him off. Send the dirty kid off. That was diabolical. Hallback 78, podcasting crisis. Reese Brown, Roxanne Clark, see you in Vegas, Shunter, the black vegetable. Thor, Tom Hardy, was. We now have a shout out to everyone who listens to all this. Is please send five of your Australian dollars to at them. Please fucking change that one, mate. I fucking hate it. Westlife <laughs> Podcast, West Tigers are back, baby. Thank Bang. you so much for your support. Devon and the Loyalties, and to everyone who just listens, thank you as well. Uh, give me the fucking ball has sent me. <laughs> so, that comes from uh, me, uh, my two brothers, and my old man were at the pub once over summer. And I have no idea how it came up, but one of my brothers, I think it was Snap, the youngest one, started talking about the gritty, the dance. Okay, yeah. yeah Dad said, what the fuck is the gritty? And Snap gets up to show him, and he was sort of half-assing it. So Pup stood up and said, get out of the way. Give me the fucking ball. This is how you do it. <laughs> and hit and hit the gritty in this in the uh, beer garden of the Coldale RSL. What Fantastic. A I've hit many a gritty on people on FIFA this year. So that's good to know. I only uh, half the- know what that is. You're the very last name on the sponsor sheet as well. Look at you. Thank you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, West usually towards the back end of things, aren't they? Oh, <laughs> now it's sad again. But to that end, uh, any, anything, human, to, man. It's all you anything to promote, but perhaps a podcast about the West Tigers based off a pun name of a boy band, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah. It's, um, I was trying to think, yeah, think of a, a name that'd be memorable when I first started started and i thought yeah westlife obviously i do know who westlife is were they brian mcfadden or ronan keating i don't know but i just knew okay i knew that people would go what's the name of that podcast again oh yeah uh it's the boy band uh west like make it easy to remember and i think that has 
Uh, I was it was Brian McFadden. Ronan Keating was the one called Boyzone. So there oh, you yeah. go. Terrific. Couldn't tell you a single song from either of them, but I know who they are. But yeah, uh, hopefully not as yeah, we kind of became known for being angry and saying things across the line a little bit about the management hmm. of the club, but hopefully yeah, if you can year... go if you can get through a season without uh being featured in mainstream rugby league media for <laughs> crooked comments about the chairman, you'll be doing well. Well, any publicity is good publicity though. That's true. That is true. To be you probably yeah. you probably did get a bunch more fans as a result. Yeah, we, we got a few bumps from being in the paper. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. It's not that hard to find. All right, let's get the hell out of here. Say goodbye, Josh. Uh, thanks for having me, boys. Thanks for Bye. coming on, man. Really appreciate yes, it. We really do. Uh, say goodbye, Campo. Goodbye, Bertrand. And it's goodbye from me.